0: Welcome to another edition of the Marvel's Preview Show, where we talk about the Marvel comics that will be on the shelves in May of 2021. Uh, My name is Chris Sarda. You can find me at Cast and Comics on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find Cast and Comics on YouTube, where... Uh, I do a number of things, uh, mostly surrounded around comics and reviews and comic culture. So I'm going to hop right into this. Uh, Of course, since we're talking uh, about solicits and previews, uh, the previews magazine, there's going to be light, light spoilers. But uh, I I tend to avoid them, um, and you'll find that I also sometimes avoid uh, reading anything about the solicit if I'm in the middle of the book. Um, so let's jump into the, the hero section. Normally I start with uh, the Star Wars and aliens and all the licensed stuff. But uh, Marvel Comics, the meat of it is the heroes, right? So uh, let's start with uh, America Chavez, Made in the US, USA. Uh, there's a number of books that are at number three for whatever reason. And I found over the months on and off doing this show that um, issue number three is is the, the bane of of my existence when it comes to doing a Marvel preview show, because it pushes me right at the edge. Uh, we're three issues into a book, and most of the time, sometimes one does come in, but most of the time I, I haven't had a chance to even read issue number one uh, coming up. So I'm not reading uh, America Chavez Made in the USA, but Beta Ray Bill um, by Daniel Warren Johnson it was at, is at three in, in May. And, uh, number one hasn't even been released, so I can't even respond to number one. Um, but let's, uh, look at, uh, America Chavez Made in the USA. Uh, I think, a, a friend of mine on YouTube, Chillmonger, who has a great channel, uh, is reading this. Uh, the writer's Kalinda Vasquez, and art is by Carlos E. Go- Gomez, and then, uh, two covers by Sarah Pacelli and Betsy Cola. Uh, this, uh, I, I, align this with some of the youth books that I don't read, at Marvel that, uh, have some measure of, of following. I don't know if Ms. Marvel is, uh, I didn't see Ms. Marvel, uh, being solicited, but, uh, the champions, uh, and a little bit of, uh, uh, probably Miles Morales, Spider-Man, uh, and stuff. So, um, you know, it's, it seems like a pretty standard, uh, solicit and it's, um, really one of these, uh, one of these stories that starts, uh, opening and widening, widening up some of the new characters, uh, that Marvel is, is trying to develop and, and produce that, uh, are from diverse backgrounds. Um, for, for me, it's, it's more that the book looks a little bit young or childish. So I, I, it's not that I don't enjoy those kind of books, but I wait a while until, uh, I find that they're critically acclaimed or that there's, you know, something I can't miss. I guess Squirrel Girl would be an example of that. I've, uh, I did dip in and read a little bit of Squirrel Girl here, uh, and enjoyed it. Um, so next up is, I've already mentioned it, Beta Ray Bill. This is, when I heard this book announced, I was so excited because uh, Daniel Warren Johnson is one of my favorite creators right now. Um, Wonder Woman Dead Earth that he did for DC Black Label uh, uh, ended up on my top 10. I think it was like 9 or 10. Uh, he's just a, a great artist. Murder Falcons one of my favorite series ever. And at this point, he's uh, switched over to join his buddy, Donnie Cates, which uh, he did a a book called Ghost Ship about five, eight years ago, uh, to do Beta Ray Bill, which is, of course, Beta Ray Bill's tie-in, in in some measure, to Thor. I'm sure it's going to be its own story, separate story and whatnot. So, um, you know, this is one of them that I'm worried about reading the solicit, because I haven't even read number one. Uh, but it does start with Bill marches into the heart of darkness. And I do see that um, it it doesn't credit Mike Spicer, uh, but it does. So it says writer, artist, and cover Daniel Warren Johnson. But in the solicit, it says, and colorist Mike Spicer will uh, break Bill's heart and yours. So I guess I'm going to allow myself one tiny little spoiler and uh, just notice on the cover that Bill does have his horse face back. So uh, that makes me happy. A book that I ended up choosing—it was like a, a middle-of-the-road yellow light type thing that I was thinking about getting, um, but I ended up not—is uh, Black Knight: Curse of the Ebony Blade. Now, there's still hope for it. Uh, it has not come out yet. Number one hasn't come out yet, so I just—I may find myself weak or not holding enough comics uh, at the at the comic store and uh, and pick it up off the shelf. But I, I didn't pre-order it, and it's not that I like the Black Knight. I, I think I read the first Black Knight. Um, King and Black Tie, and I think that that connects to uh, the Black Knight Curse of the Ebony Blade that's coming after it. Uh, so it's not a, you know, I'm not a Black Knight. Isn't something that you know I have any attachment to. Um, I find that some of us have these weird attachments to non popular characters, probably because we had the comic book. You know, we had one or two comic books of them when we were kids in the '90s. So mine's not Black Knight. Um, you know, mine would be more like. Uh, Night Thrasher and Dark Hawk and Rage and things like that. Um, But what made me interested in it is that Simon Spurrier is writing it. And Simon Spurrier is is among my favorite writers right now in comics. Now, I prefer, you know, he did Alienated, which I've probably talked about if you um, watch reviews on my YouTube channel. Uh, but him doing, um, a superhero book, I wouldn't mind it. It's, it's really that there's just a lot of books to read. So I, I went ahead and skipped it. Uh, something I might visit on Marvel Unlimited, but I haven't opened Marvel Unlimited in a, more than a month. Uh, and I'm not familiar with the artist, Sergio Davila. Um, I am of course familiar with Ivan Coelho, um, and Sergio Davila, uh, so Ivan Coelho does the cover of the, uh, of the, does the A cover, and then uh, Sergio de who's doing the interiors, has a a a B cover, a variant cover here. Um, I do wanna take a quick look at uh, the Ivan Coelho cover. I really like Ivan Coelho. Uh, this cover is, you know, it's fine, but uh, I do like Ivan Coelho, Ivan Coelho. I think he's a, a little bit underrated. So, um, the lead in here is the Mighty Thor versus the Black Knight, so, uh, there's a, there are some issues. They're going to have some issues and I am, uh, I'm seeing just two covers on that. So, uh, very interesting. Uh, I'm happy for Kelly Thompson here. Um, and artist Elena Casagrande, Adam Hughes on the cover, uh, on the a cover, but uh black widow, I, I thought was a, a mini series and, and maybe it was supposed to be, it was supposed to align with the black widow film that was, was supposed to come out. Um, you know towards the beginning of the pandemic and and was pushed back so it would make sense that they go well let's just run another arc at least you know um so it's black widow number seven comes out in may kelly thompson's on it and like i said elena casagrande uh i didn't plan to read this at all um yeah not even on marvel unlimited it's it's something i expect of course that black widow taskmaster also has a book coming out something i expect black widow have a book come out um but hey, if they uh, continued it and uh, there were some people enjoying it enough, then uh, uh, well, good job, Kelly Thompson. You, you got you got people interested in a Black Widow uh, solo series, and that's a, that's a, never a bad thing. And then um, there's a Predator variant by Mirka Andolfo, and I don't have a picture of it in front of me. I remember not loving the the Predator variants that I saw, and it's funny because. Some of these that I'm looking at, I can see that the Predator variant, and I'm looking at the artists like Mirko Andolfo doing a Predator variant sounds pretty cool to me. Um, but I remember liking like the Super Log one, which we'll come up to uh, soon. And and out of like eight covers, I didn't really like any of them. But you'd think I would have liked the Mirko Andolfo one, but didn't work out. Uh, the aforementioned uh, Teen. Um, line of comics or at least marketed towards teens or it doesn't really feel like they're marketed at all to be honest but it feels like they're for young adults is uh, uh, shows it's head again. Um, Champions number 7. I feel like Champions is always like somewhere between 1 and 8. This is by a a few uh, newer creators that I'm not familiar with. Danny Lore, uh, Luciano uh, Vecchio and cover by Tony Infante. Um, So Kamala Khan is a major player in this, and it looks like uh, looks like they're battling, you know, corporate evil corporations. believe believed or not. So uh, this also has a uh, a Predator variant. I don't see an artist on it. Um, Daredevil uh, is going strong. I would say it's funny because as much Marvel as I read, the two uh, criti- critically acclaimed books I do not read. Uh, Daredevil, I got actually I got two trades worth into I got about between ten and fifteen um, issues into both Daredevil and Immortal Hulk, um, and I just stopped. So I I thought they were good or great, but um but man, all you hear is people talking about how good Daredevil is and Immortal Hulk, and I uh, I missed the boat on this. Uh, and it's been a it's been mostly the same team, so uh, Mark Chetco and, and Chip Zdarsky. Uh I was gonna jump in and read, I think it would have been twenty-six or twenty-seven last Friday because I was on a review show um from Hero and the Kid. And um, you know, that that channel is mostly doing like fitness stuff now, which is great because they've they've seen a bunch of growth. But they still do a Friday review show. Um and and I think that it's a I was gonna jump in even though I you know, I haven't, you know, I'm missing, I've missed 10 or 12 or 13 issues. Uh, But I'm going to be a little bit looser on just going ahead. And if someone's talking about something being good, just picking it up in the middle. I think Uh, I'm a little bit done. I want to read the whole runs, but I'm, there's a part of me that's just like, I just, I'm smart enough. You know, I'm not dumb enough. I've been reading comics long enough that I could figure out the story. Let me just let me just read it and, and see where things are going, and then I can go catch up later. Um, so I was going to do that with Daredevil, and I just ran out of time. But I would be telling you this that if I would have read that number twenty six, if I would have hopped on then, um, I would I would have just kept reading from there, and then just went to Marvel Limited at some point. Um, so there's another Predator variant that I think I was uh, disappointed with, but it's an artist that would catch my my eye. I'd literally if when I saw Bill Schenkevich did a Predator variant for Daredevil number 30, I would probably pause this podcast and go look at it. I just remember not liking it. I can't remember what it looks like. I just remember not liking it. So um, I'm going to skip the Predator variants, uh, even though I collected all the Aliens variants, um, which is weird because I do like Predator more than Alien, but I do love Alien also. Uh, Dan Slott going strong on Fantastic Four st- uh, still, uh, along with artist RV Silva, and one, two three four five five variant covers for a number 32 and that doesn't even count if there happens to be a ratio cover on here so well five covers so one two three four five total covers and four variants uh mark brooks does the a cover i don't know why you need anything mark brooks is normally something you think of as a variant cover guy um, and that's a beautiful cover. That might that might be the best cover. I'm not reading Fantastic Four. I don't plan to jump in on it. You know, when you have something like a, I, I like Peach Momoko, um, but when you have something like uh, Mark Brooks doing a like, especially this cover I'm looking at this uh, this beautiful cover. You know, Peach Momoko style um, it makes Peach Momoko style look not uh, as good. Um, I want to see if I can find a. I want to see if I can find the uh, Momoko variant uh, of this. No image not available. I can go find it later. I think uh, sometimes Midtown updates it. Um, so uh, you got a Momoko variant. You got a Ron Lim variant uh, for the older comic fan. I think Ron Lim. You know, they, you guys seem to think of Ron Ron Lim and George Perez and whatnot. Uh, you seem to hold him to a high regard. Uh, but to some of us, you know, some of these guys are so influential that they just look regular. Um, so I, I guess I'm in that boat, uh, unfortunately, but then I, I hear other people not like love Rom Lim and there's like people that don't think, uh, highly of George Perez or whatnot. I guess they're crazy, uh, according to some people, but, um, you know, whatever. This was the, uh, only predator, uh, a variant I liked, and I pro- I'm not going to get it because it's Fantastic Four. I may have considered it if it was a book that I was thinking about buying or, or reading. Um, but that's by Superlog, and I, I think that's an okay cover. Even when I look at it now, I'm like, maybe I thought, maybe I was thinking a different one. Um, and then, uh, and then a Scotty Young variant, as is uh, wants to happen occasionally. Uh, a Fantastic Four story I do plan on buying is Fantastic Four Life Story, <clears throat> and that starts in May and. This is a, a spin-off or a spin-off of an idea of something that Chips uh, Chip Zdarsky Chips did uh last year or more than a year ago now, where it tracks each issue tracks Spider-Man in real time decade to decade. So number one was set in the 60s, Spider-Man was young, number two was set in in the 70s, and Spider-Man was in his and in, in his 20s, and so on, so on until we got to uh today, basically. And um, and you would still see the things that happened throughout uh, Spider-Man's run in in history since the 60s, you know, but the Clone Saga happened when Spider-Man was, was uh, middle-aged or whatever, you know. Um, and so Marvel's brought this back to life, and they're doing it for the Fantastic Four, and I think the most interesting thing about this is that it's Mark Russell writing it. Now, if you've read Mark Russell, you know that he has a... Uh, a very leftist bent, it, uh, especially economically. Um, so I'm very curious how he, it, it doesn't seem like the best fit is what I'm saying, but, but to someone like me, that makes me even more interested. I want to see how it comes out. Um, another, another place that Mark Russell has done the, or another place Mark Russell was put that didn't seem like the best fit, you know, especially from a, like a, a, a strongly left-leaning writer that it shows up in his writing was, uh, uh, his recent run on Red Sonia for Dynamite. That didn't seem like a great fit, and so it's always made me want to read it. It's not something I have been reading. Um, but I generally pick up uh, most stuff that Mark Russell does. And this is no different. The, I love the life story concept. Um, I haven't had him very, very much Fantastic Four in my life recently, and uh, you know, mix that with Mark Russell and that gets me sort of excited to see what he plans on doing. Um, Artist is uh, is Iz- Izakse and uh, Daniel Akuna and Brett Booth and Marcos Martin. Oh, that's good. Are all doing uh, covers for this, and it is one that I'm going to uh, definitely talk about, read, and review on the YouTube channel, and maybe maybe in podcast form. It depends. Um, so another just a, well, this is not strange. I thought there were a whole bunch more. Uh, variants um al ewing somehow is going uh going strong uh issue number 14 on guardians of the galaxy uh one uh for gary is on the art uh brett booth did the cover for the a cover and then chris sprouse did the uh predator cover um and that this cover's okay for the predator cover but it's just predator in the background um but uh yeah, that's uh, very surprising. Al Ewing is, maybe he's on time. Um, it doesn't feel like any more people are buying this Guardians of the Galaxy than we're buying Donny Cates. Um, something happened with Donny Cates and Guardians of the Galaxy because he, you know, he stopped at 12. I guess people decided they, I guess Marvel decided they didn't like it. Who knows? Um, it, it was really weird because I don't feel like uh, people hated or thought Donny Cates was terrible. It makes me feel like someone internally thought that it, it wasn't doing the be- it wasn't the best story. Um, but anyway, Al Ewing, one of the guys uh, that can uh, churn out books, seems to always be on a bunch of books and um, uh, apparently is on time to do him because uh, his name is on a lot of books. Um, so after that is the uh, start of another Jason Aaron led event. And uh, this one, I'm sorry to say, just has much less fanfare than his, uh, his Thor event from a couple years ago. He's been writing Avengers. Uh, this probably ties into the Avengers book. And uh, I just, you know, there's just been mixed uh, feelings on that Avengers book. And I've popped in for arcs here or there. I popped in for the Ghostwriter arc. I planned to pop in for the Moon Knight arc because um, people did say that was good. And, and I just never got around to reading it. <clears throat> and uh, I, I think that's what's happening here. We are going right into Heroes Reborn. It is one of seven, and my God, they are going to get, in May, so it's shipping weekly, clearly, in May, they're going to get through four issues, and each one of these, not including, uh, I'm not even looking at um, um, ratio variants, has three or four uh, variant. So I'm not even going to read them. I, what I will say is that um, <clears throat> it's a world without the Avengers. The Squadron Supreme is running things, and all the people that we know um, are, uh, you know, are Thor's a drunk and an atheist who de- I don't know why he would despise hammers. Uh, no one knows about Wakanda, so it's one of those things. It is unfortunately named because Heroes Reborn is a is a, not a well thought of series. Uh, that happened in the late '90s or early 2000s. Um, that was post uh, post onslaught, killing everyone. Uh, and then, you know, they were in a pocket universe, and then they were reborn. They came back out, and, and a lot of people thought that was really corny. So it's funny that they would decide to name this again. Maybe they're taking the name back. Um, <clears throat> so uh, something curious about this. Is that it seems like uh, it's a different artist, which makes sense because it's shipping so quickly uh, on every issue. So number one is Ed McGuinness, and it's all solid artists, and and a lot of crazy, um, a lot of crazy talent on the covers. I mean, there's Art Germ cover. There's two Mark Bagley covers on number one. Cassara uh, Stormbreaker. Uh, oh, Joshua Casara, who's oh, he's wonderful. Uh, a Stormbreaker variant and an, another. John Tyler Christopher action figure variant. I'm not a big huge fan of those. Uh, a a Co- uh, Ivan Coelho Gatefold variant. I do love Gatefold, so that's pretty good. And we're still on number 1 here and then a Pacheco squadron supreme variant. It's Carlos Pacheco. So that's all number 1 Ed McGuinness is is drawing that. Then if you're really into it, you come back next week and the artists are Dale Keown and Ed McGuinness. So that's pretty cool. I don't I don't see anything wrong with that and then uh, uh, Natasha Bustos, Mark Bagley, and uh, Lionel Francis Yu, and John Tyler Christopher, and Ian e. Gist, are all, that's the Predator uh, variant, are all on the covers. And then you come back <coughs> the third week of May, and you get Heroes Reborn number three. So the series that has no fanfare, that no one's talking about, uh, that seems like no one cares about, is going to ship four freaking times in May. There's no way that this is a success unless... There's like Jason Aaron writing magic uh, built into it. So it looks like Ed McGuinness is drawing this, uh, along with help from Frederico um, uh, Vincentini. And uh, I mean, do we even care now? Uh, Lionel, covers are uh, by Lionel Francis U, Mark Badley, John Tyler Christopher. Oh, a Peach Momoko cover. Um, and uh, Jeffrey Vareggi, who did uh, uh, many of those um, Native American inspired covers. And, um, so when I saw, I was flipping through this and I was just going to do a quick, even shorter overview than I've done of Heroes Reborn. And I saw that, uh, James Stokoe was the artist. I was like, is he the artist on this whole thing? That would have made me buy the stupid thing. Um, but he's only the artist on number two, along with Ed McGinnis. So I'd imagine that maybe these artists are being called in to do finishes or something. Um, when Heroes Reborn shows up on the shelf at the comic store, uh it will it will probably get a little flip through for me at least i i am curious to see what it looks like but um uh not, nothing for me gets me excited by this and uh in fact i think most people even forgot it was happening after it was announced i heard some twitter thing about how what well, basically what i said how unfortunate it is that they're naming it after something that wasn't well received um but then you know after that it sort of just uh died and then there's just a whole a whole bunch of tie-ins as is uh common now for Marvel uh, I don't know that it's the smartest thing to do uh in this case but hey you know I'm not uh you know I'm not a publishing company or whatever so Heroes Reborn Hyperion and Imper- uh, the Imperial Guard and that has a bunch of covers the Reborn uh, Heroes Reborn Siege Society so it's fun it's sort of fun that they're like Doing like a golden age, silver age thing is what it looks like to me. But unfortunately, these um, <clears throat> it's a, a really risky. I almost respect it. the The name of these books, like I don't, I don't see how Siege Society and Hyperion and Imperial Guard are going to grab every, anyone. Um, you know, they're a bunch of characters no one knows or cares about, right? So um, more more luck to them. Heroes reborn Young Squadron. So. Yeah, that's Jim Zubb um, and Cody Ziegler on Here is Born Siege Society. So, hey, uh, probably the most uh, – these books might be great, so I don't want to call them worthless, right? If – yeah, who knows? You might read them. I might read them and just be like, oh, this turned out to be a really good, exciting book. But uh, from a, the point of view of, of sales and how they're going to be marketed and, and what they're trying to do here, I mean, it's uh, – I mean, most of these are throwaway books. I hope you're – Local comic store does not order a whole bunch of those, I feel sorry for them, uh, if they do. Um, so I'm actually buying Immortal Hulk, uh, and I may even read it. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to read it, because they're on 46, and it's in May 46 is shipping, and they're only going to 50. So I do need to just sit and uh, you know grab the, the trade paperbacks or something. But uh, I do see Bennett homage cover variant, so I, I just scooped that up. I do love homage covers, even though that's sort of dumb. I should, I should rethink myself there. Uh, but Immortal Hulk is on number 46. That gives it, uh, four more issues until it ends. Uh, people that have been on it have loved it. And, um, you know, Alex Ross covers, people have really liked those. What's uh, interesting to me though, is uh, how much people love the Joe Bennett interior art. So you'd think that those, the Joe Bennett covers would be popular too. Um, And uh, what you also get this month is Dale Keown. That's a fun artist uh, to draw Predator, does the the Predator variant for this issue of Hulk. Um, I'm also picking up um, Hulk Immortal Time, or Immortal Hulk Time of Monsters. Um, I read the other Immortal Hulk one shots. I didn't feel like I needed to to be immersed in the story. I already know vaguely what's going on with Immortal Hulk uh, as far as uh, the difference uh, between them. I, I stopped reading around the time uh, you know, the green door was around. I could see that the green door is here on the cover. So I may be making a mistake. I don't know. But, um, uh, I mean, there's, there's, uh, two creators I really, really like that I think are underrated, uh, that just pushed me over the edge to pick this up. One is Alex Pacnadel from white noise. And I, I talk about white noise all the time, especially on the indie side. And then Juan Ferreira, uh, who does a lot of work for DC and, um, and Marvel, and uh, I just really enjoy his style of art. I think he's uh, very unique. Although I could see someone, you know, seeing Juan Ferreira all the time, go, you know, I'm, I'm sick of it looking like that or something. But uh, that's not that's not me. Uh, and in fact, I was supposed to buy some original art of Juan Ferreras, and I forgot. I should go check my uh, email. I think uh, the I think the Felix guy asked me if I still wanted it, and I do. I do. I don't know why in the world you would uh, choose the uh, Liefeld Deadpool 30th anniversary variant, unless you were collecting them all. But that will be available also. I will uh, stick to this um, uh, really minimalist but cool ass looking uh, Juan Ferreira Immortal Hulk cover. That's just the that's the A cover. Um, and you know uh, the next like handful here, I'm gonna run through real quick because it's all stuff. Geez, every one of these are things that I'm not going to read, nor do I plan to read. Um, So um, uh, you got Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon uh, by Larry Hama. Uh, He's taking a break from G.I. Joe, uh, the millions of G.I. Joe comics he's he's written. Uh, David Watcher is on uh, the art there, uh, maestro Warren packs now this is something I think I am reading actually I just haven't started it yet I, I do have number one and two and I, I liked the first maestro uh, spin-off book that uh, Peter David uh, did I don't I don't remember knowing Javier Pina who's doing the art um, and then two covers Dale Keown and uh, Joshua Casera uh, I liked it I, I just thought it was it was uh, underwhelming because the main villain was like was Hercules or whatever um, so it was it was Peter, what it looked like is once I realized what was going on in that, and then I found out that Warren Pax was coming out, I could see Peter David is milking this idea uh, for stories because it has an end. It's Maestro, any Maestro book is going to end at the point that the other Hulk shows up, right? And then the future imperfect thing starts, right? So, um, uh, you could just tell he's probably like, milking a little bit so that made that first maestro book uh maybe not feel uh as epic or huge or 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 hulk sized um and and which is uh you know he should probably be careful with that i think he he probably could have made it feel a little bit bigger uh and and a little bit more intense as far as like the characters he used because i bet you a lot of people dropped off and now aren't reading warren packs and now who knows whether he gets to continue that uh, the mighty Valkyries two of five. I feel like the Valkyries is always on, you know, they just keep restarting it. Jason Aaron's still on it. Uh, Tarun Gronbeck on the art. Uh, and you're going to get, uh, three choices of covers for that. So, uh, a bunch of different stuff there. Uh, we were making fun of the reptile number one in, uh, I can't remember where, maybe in the comments in the YouTube video. Oh, at the, in the comic burrito discord. Um, Many of us are fans of the book from Mad Cave called Villainous, and uh, uh, the main girl there is uh, Tilly, and she's a reptile. But Reptile's been around, so we're not saying... I'm not saying that Reptile copied Tilly. In fact, it could have been the other way around. Who knows? But um, just sort of a corny character. Uh, But hey, Terry Blast gets a shot, and so does Edom Edom uh, Balam. Runaway's 36. I I don't even know. I... (laughs) Who buys this book? Who buys Runaways? I don't know who buys it. I don't know. I didn't hear one person talking about it, but it's on 36, so it keeps going. It keeps going. Uh, Shang-Chi number one. This makes sense to have Shang-Chi uh, uh, come out there. Uh, uh, Dyke Ruan is on the art. So um, that's interesting to me. Uh, oh, Michael Cho does is doing the variant. And we have another variant, too. Uh, uh, Yungun Yoon. So uh, the, you'd expect this to be more planned out closer to the movie, uh, but who knows what they're doing. They, they're probably going to just run a bunch of Shang-Chi uh, books out. Um, I don't know what the release date of the movie is supposed to be now. Everything's so pushed back. I, I don't believe any Marvel movies are coming out until I see them. Oh, there's also a Superlog variant, so that actually looks pretty good. Um, yeah, that's super log, that Superlog variant looks really cool. So... For uh, Shang Chi, uh, Strange Academy, another book everyone tells me to read. Uh, I don't really care to. It's just what it is. I don't even want to read Children of the Atom, but it's a, a Krakoa book, so I am reading that. Um, and then we're just gonna close it up. Union number five of five. Uh, Paul Grist writing that. The Union. This uh, came out. This was a uh, King and Black tie, and I don't see the King and Black stamp on there anymore. So. Uh, that means at some point it just spun off into its own. See, I've been seeing Marvel do that, um, do a mini series that is uh, tied to the big event, and then and then give it another mini series after that that's uh, not tied to the event but takes place in a, in a continuation uh, after it. So uh, good for them. And then <clears throat> trying to um, uh, capitalize on the success of the Spider Man Venom double trouble. They are now doing a Thor and Loki double trouble. Um, Rico Tamaki on that and, uh, Gurihuru on the art. So that's a very heavily manga influenced, uh, more child teen rated, uh, sort of book. And, uh, Hey, uh, a lot of people enjoyed that double trouble, even adults. So, um, you know, more power to them, but, uh, I got too much to read. So let's move on to the Spider-Man comics. And, uh, you know, Spider-Man. It feels obviously like Amazing Spider-Man doesn't have the the gumph, the umph that it once did. Uh, but then, you know, Amazing Spider-Man's a lot like Batman. I mean, there are people that are, are just going to buy it no matter what, no matter how bad it gets. They just have always bought Spider-Man. They're not stopping. They're not stopping today. Um, and uh, and with that said, I've I've been hearing at least among my Spider-Man. Uh, fan friends that uh, the, you know that they've st- they started to enjoy this Nick Spencer run a lot more, uh, and that makes me happy because I do want Nick Spencer uh, to be successful. But I continue to expect Donny Cates to be on Amazing Spider Man soon. Um, so they're on 65, and uh, this ships twice, so it ships twice a month still. Uh, and uh, I don't, I, I'm like wary of reading these solicits because maybe one day I will read it, but it. It looks like it's uh, crossing over, which is cool, this is what should happen, but crossing over to the, uh, the Daredevil storyline with uh, uh, Wilson Fisk being Mayor, although you've seen Wilson Fisk, Mayor Wilson Fisk, in a whole bunch of books, like even in King in Black and whatnot, so it's not like, it's, it's not like they, the rest of the books have to pretend he's not, but um, uh, they are doing that in Amazing Spider-Man now, uh, Kingpin, of course, originally being a Spider-Man villain, and uh, adopted by Deadpool a little bit more. So you get that in Spider-Man 65 and 66 with a, uh, Del Auto predator variant. So you'd think that Gabriel Del Auto would have this incredible predator variant. It doesn't look that good. And then you, you move on and the Spider-Man family has a bunch of B books. I mean, amazing Spider-Man is a B book at this point, right? But, uh, Black Cat is on number six. Uh, you know, the premise for Black Cat, Interested me that she was just stealing from various people in the Marvel universe. That's funny. Uh, I don't really know Jed McKay or artist uh, Michael Dowling that well, um, but I do know Mike Mayhew and Pepe Raz that are doing covers. Uh, after that, um, you know, it's very popular in DC and Marvel right now to do black, white, and reds, and black and whites, or Superman red and blues, the two or three color in the title uh, trend is happening and, uh, we're deep into it cause we're in carnage, black, white and blood, um, with, uh, you know, a whole bunch of writers. It's an anthology. I'm, I'm picking it up. Um, the covers are cool. Uh, I like carnage. Uh, I hope that it is a, you know, I hope that it aligns with what's happening in the regular continuity now. Um, but maybe not cause you know, carnage got pretty fucked up. So, uh, Who knows, four-issue miniseries, I don't, I can't really think of a time I've ever liked an anthology series, Um, you know, by the nature of it, you're going to, you know, like some stories and dislike other ones, Uh, but that always makes me feel worse, you know, it always makes me feel like the the comic was bad, that I did dislike something, or something wasn't for me, Uh, from the, you know, in this thing I paid $4.99 for, whatever, in this case, this carnage is $4.99 um after that it is the giant size amazing spider-man king's ransom it feels like they just need it feels like someone did the analysis to go we need this many spider-man books out uh in the month and uh this many of them spider-man family books and this many of them have to have spider-man in them and that's where these giant size ideas came out uh it is nick spencer on it so it looks like it's going to be in continuity and um you're also getting a a, a second cover the king's ransom cover artist variant so oh mark bagley on the cover it looks like uh, roge Anton- antonia on on that cover and then uh heroes reborn also spills into um the spider-man books so peter parker and the amazing shutterbug so an important part of heroes reborn is clearly all the heroes that we know do not become heroes and so you have these other heroes which have a feel of being like pre-marvel or timely or something like that so uh yeah it's uh peter parker taking pictures of a the amazing shutterbug so you know take it or leave it guys i don't know i'm not i'm not trying to sell you comics i'm just trying to talk about what's coming out in may miles morales spider-man number 26 this one a little bit less surprised that it can get to 26 miles morales is one of the hottest things going on Right now, um, a lot of people's favorite superhero movie, of course, was um, the Spider-Man and the Spider- or Spider-Verse. or um, Spider And I've heard good things about Saladin Ahmed, what, uh, what Saladin Ahmed is doing over there on Miles Morales Spider-Man. I could tell you one way um, not to get me to read it, or at least make me wait. You know, I've always thought about like, oh, I, I wonder how Miles Morales Spider-Man is. I, in the back of my head, I'm just worried it's going to be drawn like Miss Marvel or something like that. But I can tell you one way that will make me either wait or not read it immediately is that they're like doing a clone saga thing. So Marvel right now is in the middle of uh, Heroes Reborn and a clone saga, two things that they were um, skewered for in the late 90s and 2000s. But hey, more power to you. Take it back, man. Um so here's a number three that's being solicited. Where I've actually got to read the number one. That's Nonstop Spider-Man by Joe Kelly, Chris Bocciolo, uh, David Finch on this cover. I think David Finch probably did the other cover, the cover for number one too. I probably won't be reading number three. Um, <clears throat> I didn't. I didn't think it was that great of a book, especially not that great of a number one. I did like the layouts and some of the action, um, but other than that, it just felt generic. When someone said Nonstop Spider-Man, I thought I was going to get like this. A different kind of uh, issue that I, that I couldn't expect, you know, that I didn't expect or didn't know. I, I just expected to be surprised or something. I don't know what I expected. And this book, you know, has been on the shelf for a while because it was being solicited um, like back in May. I was doing I was doing this show like well, I took a walk, and uh, you know, around the time the pandemic was just starting, and I was like, well, I mean, we'll we'll be all back to normal by May, so. That didn't happen, obviously. Um, after this is Silk. I don't know much about Silk. She looks like a pretty cool character. Um, and this solicit looks cool. Marine Gu is on the uh, is the writer, and uh, Takeshi uh, Miyazawa is the artist, and Wu Chuli Lee is does the cover. But um, what is the connection between the gangland murders, a cat demon, and a futuristic tech company? While Silk unravels, oh, pardon the pun, the mystery. More people are getting hurt. A perilous meeting with tech CEO Saya Ishii brings Silk one step closer to the truth, and a classic Spider-Man villain sets his sights on Silk. So I don't know anything about Silk. Come to, uh, come to think of it, I mean, <clears throat> I wonder if she um, is set in. That makes me more interested, in to be honest. If it's set in in a in one of the a- in the Asian um, country, so now I got to go look that up. Um, you know, my experience with Silk is occasionally I, you know, I see her in a Spider-Man book or a, a big crossover or something, um, something very excited about, can't wait for it is, um, Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow in May will be at number two. Um, so, you know, that means in April, uh, number one comes out. And uh, I, I don't know that the idea is super original, um, but I do trust Chip Zdarsky. So this is what if Peter Parker became Venom. What they really mean is what if Peter Parker kept the symbiote, uh, symbiote, 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 whatever you say. I, I can say whichever one you like. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's going to be, I mean, my, my expectation is that it's going to be uh, the darkness within me kind of book. Um, but Chip Zdarsky, you know, he's a, he's a, a, a well-liked writer right now. And this is going to be one of my only chances to read Spider-Man because I'm not going to read ASM, uh, at all. Uh, Spider-Woman I know nothing about. Um, that is pretty cool by Juan Jose Rip though for the Predator cover. Um, and we'll just, uh, skip over that. And we are nearly coming to a close here. Um, let's, uh, talk about some of these X-Men books, it, uh, it seems that, uh, X or Cable is ending at number 11, which is disappointing. I just, I I guess I figured that old Cable would always be coming back. And, uh, I'm just guessing that that's what's going to happen here, but, uh, slowly, but surely people have enjoyed Cable or, or no, no, people have complained a lot about young Cable, uh, but they've been talking about him too. I don't mind Young Cable. I thought it was a little bit weird the way he came onto the scene, and then everyone was like, "Okay, cool, we like you." Um, but uh, you know, who knows? Uh, who knows? Some of these these books do have to end, right? They can't they can't keep churning out number ones, and then all of them all of them stay uh, you know stay ongoing. So you know, the books do have to end. Um, you know, you can only flood the market so much. I'm sure they're going to try. And Cable is featured. Prominently in Sword, and uh, you know he often not appears in X Men too. So, um, and then uh, to me, an uh, underrated book uh, on the in the world of the Hickman mutants or X Men is uh, Hellions, and we'll be at number eleven there. Uh, Psylocke versus Betsy Braddock in a thirty-year-long battle. I'm not reading anymore. That, that just sounds cool. Zeb Wells has been doing a great job, and I've enjoyed the art by Steven Segovia. Now, something that is not. Krakoa, but I'll still probably buy it, is the Mutant Heroes Reborn uh, tie-in. It's Magneto and the Mutant Force. Um, so, you know, Professor X is dead. Uh, mutants are not treated well in this new world. Probably by the Squadron Supreme, it looks like. I'm trying not to, to read this whole solicit. Um, Steve Orlando is writing it, so that's hit or miss. Uh, Bernard Chang on the art. Uh, Nick Bradshaw and Ryan Benjamin on uh, two different covers. Um, or And Bernard Chang on a third cover. Uh, Marauders is at number 20. Can you believe we're at number 20, guys? We're at number 20 of some of these books, man. Jerry Duggan's still uh writing that. Stefano Caselli, I think Stefano caselli has been on this for a while. Russo Dodderman on the cover. Um, so as the preparations for the Hellfire Gala gala come to an end, so everything's headed towards this Hellfire Gala. Uh, so that will be a big focus of uh next month's uh uh, previews episode. Uh, I have no idea what they're going to do, uh, but I'm excited to see what the Hellfire Gala is going to look like and what the books are going to look like because I think the books are pausing, um, which is different than what they did with Ten of Swords. Books didn't pause; they just all became one narrative. Um, so, and then uh, New Mutants number eighteen, Vidala on that, Rod Rice or Rod Reese on the art. Uh, Christian Ward on the cover. So, um, I mean, interesting that New Mutants is at 18, Marauders is at 20. Uh, you know, New Mutants obviously either ship late or, or or skipped a, you know, went on a longer shipping schedule for a while. Uh, a book I'm really excited for is Way of X. Now, this is Simon Spurrier here with Bob Quinn on art and uh, uh, Christian Ward and Kevin Coley on, uh, on the covers. Um, but man, Way of X, it's at least starting as a Nightcrawler book and sort of the religion of Krakoa or whatever. Simon Spurrier's already said that, hey, that's the base, but it's not really what the book is about. Um, But I'm very excited for it because of, uh, you know, I think that it'll have, like... It feels like it's going to have big implications and it explores... It's going to explore some of the moral stuff of Krakoa uh, that Nightcrawler and Cyclops have already talked about isn't really um, something they can completely agree with. And obviously... A lot of people that have been negative towards the X-Men books have, you know, been saying that they're not heroes or whatever. Um, So, I mean, that's being addressed uh, here and there, along with, you know, trying to pursue a sci-fi storyline in other ways. Um, And I expect that to be in way of X, number two. Um, And so I can't wait till this comes out, until number one comes out, and that won't be till May. So, Um, I can't believe we're at number 12 for Wolverine, man number 12 for wolverine now this was the first book that came out that wasn't in the initial wave of the post hawks books so it makes sense um it's about it looks like marauders was shipping much quicker what's x-men at let's see uh x-men is at 20 so um you know about eight away that makes sense so we're still on it ben percy's been doing great um and uh, it looks like he's going to explore more of the uh, Dracula and vampire stuff uh, by this time in number 12. At this point, I just pick them up and read them. That's just, that's just what I do with these, uh, with these X-Men books. And uh, there is a Kyle Hotz variant for uh, the Predator variant for Wolverine. Uh, another interesting book uh, in the way that the way of X interests me because it's uh, you know, maybe about the religion or the morality on Krakoa. Uh, X-Corp is going to be uh, like a business-focused one. So where um, the Marauders are doing that, but it's a little bit more undercover. That's more, still more of a pirate book, but you still have the Hellfire Company and stuff in that. Uh, but X-Corp looks like it's going to be um, something completely different. Uh, and um, you know, if you're going to have a big corporation, Warren Worthington makes complete sense to be there. Uh, Monet is a little bit more surprising, but hey, it fits. So X-Corp number one, in, uh, in May. And you you haven't heard that much about it. So it feels like it's going to be a a little bit of a side book. Um, you know, the tagline here is Krakoa is for closers. That's hilarious. And then only a couple more of these, uh, books, X Factor number nine by Leah Williams. I have really enjoyed X Factor and, uh, like Hellions, it it seems to have, um, a, you know, it seems to be a mixed bag for people. Um, but I think the concept is cool. The fact that they're uh, a detective agency that will, you, that, you know, before they're, before they're allowed to resurrect other mutants in Kokoa um, they want to make sure that the, the dead mutant is a- actually dead. And sometimes you don't know, uh, sometimes you just don't know if the, the mutant actually died. So X-Factor's job is to, uh, go and investigate that. But, um, uh lately, and I can just, I try not to read the solicit, but I read a little bit of it. Lately, the, there's been a little bit of a side story happening in their, like, I forget what they call it, Spiral, I think, or Little Mansion or whatever. Um, so that's been cool, uh, but I do, I would like them to get back to the detective aspect of the book. It's what sets it apart from uh, the other books. Uh, and then the, the most important book in here, X-Men number 20 and uh that cover is a spoiler cover guys it should be a spoiler cover and all it says is the only uh there's just a three word solicit system online processing so i think we're getting to the uh might be getting to the meat of the story here in x-men uh number 20 Uh, i find it interesting that that's happening just before the hellfire gala but uh i'll take it man i'm happy i'm happy to see it Uh, and then a few other, um, side books, uh, X-Men Legends number four, which I've really liked. Uh, uh, Luis and Walt Simonson are on number four. Um, so, uh, for those that don't know, I've only read number one, but these are X-Men stories that are continuity, but are set in, um, you know, older books. Uh, so, For example, this one is by uh, Luis and Walt Simonson. It's it's a new tale set before the original X Factor forty three, right? So I think that's cool. I mean, Star Wars, which we're going to talk about in a minute, does that nonstop. Um, You know, all the comics are either before Episode four, after Episode four, and before Episode five, and right now where they are is between Episode five and six, right? So it's all the stuff that happens. Uh, in the star wars universe between the movies so there's just no reason why you shouldn't just do a legends book for a lot of different things if you want to tell like um some kind of story within the different pieces of the timeline there's no just no reason not to do it uh and so i find that very interesting and i uh will read x-men legends number two three and four Uh, number four ships in may um, and then I, you know, there's an X-Men curse of the man thing. Steve Orlando's writing that. So, uh, who knows? i I probably won't pick that up, but we'll see if I'm talking X-Men a lot. Sometimes it's like, oh, why would I just leave that last one there? And, um, really quick, the license stuff. There's not much of it here. A lot of Star Wars. Um, by this time, here's another, uh, number three conundrum when you're doing a preview show, uh, alien number three is being solicited. Philip Kennedy Johnson still writing it. Uh, I guess I'm reading a bunch of Philip Kennedy Johnson because I'm, I'm trying out the Superman uh, also. Um, Salvador LaRocca on the art. So we're at number three. I went ahead and, and read the solicit here because why? Who cares, right? Epsilon Station overrun with danger. Not all not all of it from Xenomorph. So, I mean, it was a pretty non-spoilery um, solicit. But it's just... It, I'm, we're previewing number three, but I've not read number one, two kind of thing. So, you know, we're at, right at this point we I, we have, I have no idea if it's good or not. I have a whole bunch of alien dark horse comics I've never read, um, you know, that I always just pick up and stuff, but it'll be fun to, um, start from a new continuity and, and whatever Marvel has in store for alien and predator. Um, and, uh, you know, who knows what movies they're considering continuity also. So. Uh, I am so confused right now. I don't know when I jumped off Conan the Barbarian. Um, you know, at some point during the pandemic, Savage Sword was on, and then it was off. And I don't know if that—I uh, don't know if that arc even ended. I don't know if I finished the arc that I stopped at, and it was a Jim Zub arc. Um, I don't know the artist Corey Smith, but when, while I was reading Conan, I was one of the few people that actually really enjoyed it. Um, and that's because Conan has like some pretty deep-seated fans and people that have read it a long time. And then uh, you know them going to Marvel, the the perception was that uh, you know it was a little bit too safe. Uh, I thought that they I thought that they did well because no one's going to do like the '70s Conan and stuff, you know. So you know, Conan got laid and he got but he got laid in a way that wasn't like uh, you know me too edgy you know so that's good that's what we want right uh that's what i wanted at least and there was violence and swords and stuff and demons and whatnot i mean conan to me is very simple but some people seem to uh get very deep into what conan is or isn't and then uh, a whole bunch of star wars books um they are uh and i'm not going to read all of the uh, cover artists because there's so goddamn many um but charles souls on star wars 13 man these covers so I've been pre-ordering from my online LCS, the Star Wars stuff, because in my head I was like, okay, I don't I don't need to read these immediately, and I, I want the better discount. The online LCS is a better discount, right? Um, but that proved to be a, a silly thing to do, because number one, I still want to get hardcovers for all the Marvel Star Wars, and I'm a little bit annoyed that um, not everything gets into hardcover now. Uh, but number two, I just couldn't keep up. I couldn't find where I was putting the comics and and the covers all look the same. So I just got so behind. I have them all. They're all somewhere. But we're at number 13 and now I'm like itching because they're going to do their first big uh, crossover and all of these books are the the prelude to The War of the Bounty Hunters, The Hunt for Han. Again, like I said, they're in between episode 4 and 5 here. So Han is in Carbonite and uh, they need to go save him. So... Uh, Han Han is not featured in these Star Wars books, although he is the catalyst for much of the plots. It looks like so a whole bunch of uh, covers for Star Wars that I don't want to read. Then Bounty Hunters, which I enjoyed, and I like Ethan Sachs. I liked his I liked his uh, his tie in book to the Han Solo movie um, that you know took place uh, you know, earlier in Han Solo's life when he was in the Imperial Guard. Uh, I like the concept of Bounty Hunters. It seems like Star Wars is really leaning into the the, the bounty hunter edge of space sort of thing uh, in the comics right now, in between episodes uh, five and six. And so this is uh, with uh, Paolo um, uh, Vianelli. Uh, this is another prelude to the War of Bounty Hunters uh, and uh, the threat in the shadows. Oh, so this is the threat in the shadows, but it's all a prelude to the War of the Bounty Hunters. A um, whole bunch of... <laughs> Excuse me, whole bunch of uh, covers for that more than you'd expect for a number twelve, and then uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunters Alpha, the director's cut came out, so I'm pretty sure that I ordered this. than if this is the director's cut, um, so uh, just a bunch of black and white art and a bunch of bonus features kind of thing. So uh, it's cool. I like director's cuts. I like what I like better, and I wouldn't mind. I still don't mind if it's floppy. Is like a larger version of the comic like a blown up version so it would be like the treasury edition but uh, still pretty cheap it would be in my mind would be the best thing but uh, what do i know Um, star wars darth vader currently being written by greg Pak, is also in prelude to the war of the bounty hunters mode Um, and uh, uh, giu villanova is uh, the artist there and uh, Doctor Aphra, which I've enjoyed, Alyssa Wong's done a good job. When I read uh, Ray Anthony Height, I'm not familiar with that author. I don't think Ray Anthony Height was uh, doing the early issues of Aphra. That's one I stuck with through the first arc. Um, you know, I'll just sit and read all these. Star Wars is a pretty easy read if I can just organize them and get them together. But I don't know where they all are. Um, and then, uh, not involved in the uh, Prelude to the War of the Bounty Hunters is all the High Republic stuff that's coming out. Uh, which I, I really enjoyed. So um, there's only two comics coming out. One is Marvel, one's IDW, so that's talked about in a different podcast. Uh, but uh, I've liked number one through, I think I've gotten to three now. So Kevin Scott, Ario, uh, uh, and Indito and Phil Noto on the cover art. Uh, and for those that don't know, this takes place 200 years before Phantom Menace. Um, the you know We haven't quite gotten deep into the edge of space yet so they, there's a space station out there uh and there's a like a new threat uh, both uh, terrestrial and um and a very creative way of uh you know a ship that broke apart while going into light speed and then it is randomly throughout the galaxy it's randomly um uh, leaving light speed and putting people in peril and danger and stuff so uh, that's a, that was a pretty you know that was all introduced in charles Soule's novel and uh and the comics have been really good and i've enjoyed them and they are a way to enjoy star wars um but just you know start with a clean slate the only character that you know in any of this is yoda because yoda is alive at this time so um and then a bunch more star wars bounty hunters alpha and then last but not least and then we're going to end this trials of Ultraman, three of five i'm not reading it you're not reading it kyle higgins is writing it uh matt groom is also writing it and Francesco Mana is on the art. Um, you know, I, lately, uh, you know, I'm watching all the Godzillas and the, and the King Kongs and stuff, getting ready for King of the, or King Kong versus Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, so I'm not really a kaiju guy, but I'm just getting festive. Uh, Ultraman has that very kaiju feel, so I get it. I know um, one channel, I just do everything comics, Bob at Everything Comics, really loved Ultraman as a child. So he's excited about this book. I don't know if he's continued to continue to read it. So, um, you know, good for him if he does. I hope he has lots of enjoyment on it. Um, you know, it's only like right now that I thought, oh, you're doing kaiju stuff. Then I'm like, oh, maybe Ultraman would be cool. But I'm not too worried about it. Anyway, guys, thank you guys for listening. My name is Chris Sarda. Find me at Castle Comics on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, you can just search for it on YouTube. Uh, I uh, do a lot of comic content, obviously. And I even like to just sit and talk about previews for an hour uh of just one company so uh i definitely want to talk to you about comics and what you like and um you know what you think about what's going on so uh thank you guys for listening and i will see you soon hopefully for the dc version of this and i am hoping to do more than just marvel dc and image this month uh but we will see thank you guys i'll talk to you soon